Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Alex Jones. I'm the Program Manager at the Equity Foundation, and today I have the pleasure in introducing our special guests, Jungle Entertainment's partner, Chief Chief Operating Officer and Executive Producer, Chloe Ricard, and Head of Drama, Shay Spencer, and coming to you from Hotel Quarantine, Equity Member, <laughs> Basil Dazzi. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I want to take a minute to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super. Media Super has supported the Foundation since our beginning in the early 2000s they are your industry super fund and they can help you with your super and your, your superannuation and provide you with financial advice. They are fully equipped to assist you with building your superannuation. So please don't hesitate to contact, contact them and contact me to ask for uh, a contact detail if you don't have them. So now please welcome Chloe, Shay and Basil. Thank you. Good morning, Thanks, Chloe. Alex. Good morning, Shay. Thank you, Alex. Good morning. Um, Good morning. Before we get into pitching and um, how people get projects made, uh, can you give me some background information on Jungle Entertainment? Uh, how long has it been around and uh, how did it get started? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my pleasure, Faisal. Firstly, before we get started, I'll just acknowledge that we're on Gadigal land, Jungle Entertainment, and that's where I'm uh, speaking in from today. Um, also, it's such a pleasure to be speaking to you, Faisal. Uh, I've been a huge fan for such a long time, so um, it's really it's really a pleasure that we're able to do this today together. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm a, I'm a fan of all of Jungle's work. I mean, you, you, do, you do drama, you do comedy, you do everything. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's an honour to be talking to you. Yeah, well, thanks. You pointed to a few things. So we did start in comedy, um, television production, and um, we've moved now to drama. And in that move, uh, we have basically brought along our comedic DNA with us. So in all our dramas, we like to explore the light and the shade and sort of go to those really dark and challenging places, but use levity, which is really a part of the human condition, the human experience, um, in order to be able to go to those darker places. So that comedic DNA is really, um, really important to us and something that we really look for in our projects. It's not to say that everything has to be comic, but it is the light and shade. So um, we, we actually do more drama these days. Our slate is more populated with drama projects. And in recent years, we've also picked up feature films as well. So um, we actually have our first feature film, although we mostly do narrative projects, we do from time to time do documentaries. And our first feature film is actually a feature doc called Big Deal, directed by Craig Rucastle. And it's been to cinemas and it's launching on the ABC this week, I think. Amazing. Um, yeah, so in terms of our television shows, we've had four TV shows made out of the US uh, in the last two years. So Mr. In Between, which we co-produced with Blue Tongue Films for FX. No Activity, which my business partner Trent O'Donnell created, wrote and directed in both Australia and the US version, which we've made for Paramount Plus now. 
and A Moody Christmas has also been remade in America starring Dennis Leary for Fox and uh, the last one our most recent drama Wakefield made for ABC here in Australia premieres on Showtime today actually. Amazing good yeah. luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of us in a nutshell. Well that's so great so you touched on I'm really impressed with how you have all of the names and all of the directors and the, <laughs> the people connected straight off like that. Um, would that have anything to do with your role as partner, chief operating officer and producer? And uh, with Shay as the head of drama, how, does, how do your jobs intersect with each other? Oh, that's I'll a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that's really unique about Jungle is um, that of our directors, and there's four of us, um, two of our directing partners are creatives. So Trent O'Donnell is a uh, director and also writer and Phil Lloyd's a writer and then Jason and I uh, produce alongside them. So I think the fact that the company has creatives of, as part of its DNA really influences the way we do business and the way we work with other creatives and the projects that we like to pick up. So we're very much a creative-led company and we love working with creatives, whether that's writing talent or on-screen talent or, you know, even music talent, for example. We really love putting the creatives at the heart and leading everything that we do. So in terms of how I work with Shay, um, Shay and I, <laughs> aside from the business goings on, um, Shay and I often are partnered up on projects where we both executive produce mm -hmm. um, and we'll champion that project right from the start through to its, you know, final delivery and market. Marketing. So we work very much hand in hand and um, we speak very often and we really <laughs> like to, <laughs> we really like to, um, yeah, as I said, work with creatives from the ground up in a really organic and, and in many ways freeform way, dependent on what the project requires and what suits the material or the creatives the best. Over to you, Shay. Yeah, no, I think that last bit kind of just nailed it perfectly. I mean, Chloe is um, the chief operating officer at Jungle. So she wears, um, you know, a lot of hats in terms of the operational side of the business that I'll deal with her in that capacity. But on a project capacity, um, I am partnered with her on a couple of projects that we have on our slate. And so we are, you know, in the trenches together creatively um, working with the team through development to, to bring their stories to life. And in terms of how I work with the other partners, I think it is very bespoke depending on what the needs and strengths and challenges of any particular project. But I often am um, working with a partner. Sometimes it is Trent O'Donnell where he's intending to write and direct. Um, you know, sometimes it's Jason Burrows, who's our CEO. And, um, you know, he's very much a a creative force in the company, but also involved in the financing of our shows. And obviously Phil is a writer um, and performer um, and directs. And so he wears many hats too. And so, yeah, just depending on the needs of the project, I guess, as to how I work with everybody in the, in the <laughs> building. It's never dull and it's never boring and it's uh, always... Um, a unique thing depending on uh, each project. And with the projects, like when you're creating a slate of productions, 
do you um, work with outside producers and uh, outside writers as well? Please don't mind the phone. That's a nurse calling from hotel quarantine to make sure I'm, I'm not going to Do you want to answer it? You no, should no, ask. No. They'll call back in they, a bit. Okay. <laughs> they they um, might come knocking to check on you. They might come knocking. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you work with like outside producers and outside writers? Um, and how does that integration work with your own people? Yeah, again, we do work with outside freelance talent. And again, it's really kind of dependent on the project. Sometimes a project will come to us from a writer. They have a concept and they have a pitch document and they are wanting to develop their show with a production company and will be pitched that show. And, and if we like it, we'll partner with them and work with them through the development process and financing of the show. And in terms of the way we work with producers, again, it sort of depends on the project. Sometimes we are pitched a project that has a writer and a producer attached. And so we will work with that producer as part of the process but other times like on Wakefield for example um, we brought on Ali Henville who produced the show with us and was kind of part of that process once uh, we had the show financed so it really depends on as I said the kind of needs of the project and and where it's at and also what else we've got going on in the building you'll kind of know from our conversation that you know, lots of people wear different hats. So if, if someone's busy on one project, there's someone else there to kind of come in and, and help and support that project, keep its momentum through development and get ready for production. Great. I guess we can launch into the pitch now, seeing as you brought up um, people pitching ideas. I'm guessing uh, we have a lot of actors listening here who are interested in pitching ideas. Um, I gather you don't uh, accept unsolicited ideas and scripts. Is that correct? Yeah, we don't accept unsolicited material, but we're always happy to have a pitch come from either, you know, an introduction from a writer that, you know, we work with um, to help make that introduction or, if the actor has an agent, I often get pictures from actors' agents where the actor has created a concept and they have a pitch document. Sometimes if they're intending to write on the show, they'll also pitch their pilot episode or at least give a writing sample, I guess, that kind of speaks to the voice and the tone of the show that they're pitching to us. And yeah, we kind of go from there so the the it would happen either of, of two ways either from a creative that we the introduction would happen I should say um, either from a creative that we're working with or via the actor's acting agent mm -hmm. okay if they don't have a representation for as a writer or director yeah I also just wanted to jump in there and say um it is more common that uh, actors are involved in project development these days and it's actually um Shay and I have had a couple of really great experiences recently and we're really, um, we really love the idea of sort of working with our on-screen talent from the ground up. But um, not all ideas necessarily come from an actor. They may, um, uh, for example, we or a writer may know that they're really passionate about a subject matter or a type of character or a story. And then the, the actor is partnered sort of somehow, whether it's via us or 
by the writer themselves to the project really quite early. And I think that's like, you know, the secret source from my point of view, because I think passion is absolutely, you know, the, the leading factor in why projects get picked up, why we pick up projects. And I think if there's that connection, whether it's, you know, the actors always wanted to work with the writer or whether the subject matters common ground, um, I think that having that sort of personal connection at the heart of things really bodes well for the project in the long term. And um, I also feel like Shay and I did a, a pitch very recently where um, we have brought on uh, on-screen talent as um, an executive producer on that project and they were part of the pitch. Right. And there's something absolutely electrifying and undeniable and theatrical about having on-screen <laughs> talent there, you know, with the network from the start. And it's just for me, it was just a shining example of having the right people in the room and just that passion that, you know, actors are so good at it. It's your profession, right, of delivering um, delivering a compelling story. Um, yeah, just to have that talent as part of that pitching process to networks was just really fantastic. That's so great. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's really wonderful. It's the, it, I guess you can probably tell that from the stories you guys are telling that um, there's a lot of heart in them. and. Um, what better way to have every single creative person in on that process. So I've had my introduction. I've got the introduction from you guys. I've, I, what's next? What's, what do I need for my pitch? Well, what are you looking for? I guess there's kind of two questions in that. One is, you know, what are we looking for? I, I, there's some part of me that, you know, thinks, if people kind of tell you exactly what they're looking for and you give it to them, they still, I don't know, sometimes it still doesn't work out. So <laughs> I, I do kind of tend to operate that nobody really knows what they're looking for. They just know when it's put in front of them, yeah. which is a really unhelpful question, um, unhelpful answer, <laughs> I've got to say. So I'm really sorry about that. But I think in terms of us as a, you know, jungle, really that heart and humor is central to every story that we pick up and Chloe is right we don't pick up anything that we're not madly passionate about um, it takes so much time and energy to develop a show and to finance it that we feel like we have to really love something deeply for us to to be able to pick it up and obviously you know our time and and resources are, you know, a finite somewhat. So you do want to make sure that you have enough time to nurture a project through and kind of you're not spread too thin. So um, I think that heart and humour is sort of a big part, as Chloe was saying earlier, of, of the dramas that we love. Mm. Um, and then, you know, in terms of what to share with us, I think... Um, for any writer or any performer, if you've never written before and you're intending to and you're wanting to write on a show, I think you have to have a sample of your work. You have to, you know, be able to demonstrate your, your voice and your craft. So to, to do that, obviously, you would need sort of a concept um, and then either a writing sample or a pilot script of the show that um, you're intending sometimes if someone has come to us saying hey I love this book what do you think should we adapt it 
um, we can kind of partner up and, and work together on the process of optioning the novel. Sometimes we're working with actors early where they're not intending to write on the show. So we also work with them to build a writing team mm -hmm. and appoint a showrunner of who would, who would creatively, you know, steer the ship of the show. Yeah, so I think it's a, you know, a combination of, of those things that kind of come together. It's just depending on where the project's at and what's already in place. And then we sort of work with the, I, got, I guess, the originator of, of how to build that team, you know, from the very, very early days, of course, right the way through production and beyond. I'm just building too on what, on what Shay said. I think we don't have a brief for what we're looking for, but what we do know is that we're looking for things that have a voice, a unique mm -hmm. voice and a unique point of view. So, you know, even the story may not be an original one, but it may be a new take. Um, and we love a voice that's, you know, completely authored. It's from that person's experience, um, their passion project, something they've always wanted to tell the world. So they're really key factors for us. I did also want to say that specifically for comedy, Jungle in particular are really interested in uh, writer performers. Mm -hmm. So for us, we feel that's the really unique thing um, in, in that comedy format. Um, that, you know, the writer and performer are often so intrinsically linked that the comedy and character often comes, you know, together. Um, so, yeah, we really do encourage sort of that writer-performer um, project to be pitched. In that instance, saying that you have like, um, like a stand-up comic, for instance, with an idea, would you go out and watch their set, like to make sure to see if they're funny, to see what kind of where their humor kind of sits, like how much, um, yeah, background work would you do? Absolutely. So I saw Rose Matafeo as an example. She came mm. to um, the comedy festival here in Sydney um, and her show, I was just absolutely in stitches. Um, and we hot off the back of that the next morning, we offered her a role in, in one of our shows and we were lucky right. enough that she um, was available at the time. So, you know, absolutely. We do go out to, to seek stand-up comedy. Um, we also go to the theatre. I know Shay's an absolutely avid theatre goer. She's always pre-baby. Well, I was, and, and pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, you know, Shay has been an avid theatre goer in the past. And in fact, um, we've got a project at our slate at the moment. I won't say what it is, but both Shay and I had seen the show and um, really bonded over the fact that we really loved that um, experience in the theatre. Great. That's wonderful. That's really nice to hear. Like as an actor. Oh, we, I see every, like literally I will try and get to everything. As much as I'm invited to, I'll try and get along. It's obviously been a very kind of rough two years given you know all the the restrictions and lockdown and whatnot but yeah. um we we do definitely get out there and and see lots so yeah now when someone's pitching something to you um they may not be orators they might not be able to get their idea across um what's your advice on people to what, what do they need think to you if they're not uh, really good at public speaking or you mean in like a pitch document or like giving them advice on how to verbally pitch it? Well, maybe a bit of both. Like if, if someone's face-to-face, -face, like how often would you have a face-to-face -face, uh, pitch compared to someone just sending a flood of material your way? Um, yeah. Is there, a, is there a, are there different levels of like interest if it, if it is a face-to-face -face compared to just his, like all these JPEGs I gathered? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a great question. I, well, again, it's sort of been a, a funny old time, hasn't it? You know, usually I would do quite a lot of face-to-face meetings and, but yeah, again, it can kind of take a bit of time to sort of get, get that in the diary, but um, I do, do try to, but um <laughs> I think ultimately you do want to read something because Mm -hmm. you need to kind of be able to, you know, when we go out to market and are are pitching the show, we need to be able to follow through with those written materials. So essentially the face-to-face can be great, but you still need your materials to really sing. I mean, in, in terms of, you know, what, you know, the nuts and bolts, I guess, of what you would need in a pitch document, it's always really great to have, you know, a one line kind of synopsis, an idea of, you know, how many episodes you see it, whether it's a returning series or whether it's a limited series. And I think, you know, kind of having that parameter is really helpful in terms of communicating what the arc of the story would be across that limited run series or what the season one would be. So I think kind of communicating that is really important. I think giving, you know, some, you know, kind of the character work that you would do as an actor, including that in the character description, sorry, about some of the backstory of the character, but also, you know, what are the, what's the big arc that this character is going to go through? What do they learn through the show? What are their obstacles? How do they change? Like including some of that in terms of, you know, those character descriptions is really helpful for us to know, you know, are we going to love these people, warts and all? And, you know, what makes these characters really distinct, unique special and people that we've not seen before on screen so that you know there's a very compelling reason to spend time with these people me personally I always want to know why someone wants to make their show like what is creatively driving them to tell this story Mm -hmm. for me that's something I need to connect with because I need to go hey are we going to be able to problem solve this all the way through together because we kind of can bond you know as to you know what's motivating us to kind of partner up and to bring the story to life Mm -hmm. Um, and equally so around that I think you know having a very clear dramatic question that drives the show for me is something that has the ability to make a pitch really irresistible And I think, you know, part of what we do at Jungle in developing a show is kind of trying to position, help position a show so that people can really clearly understand what it is and also really clearly understand, is it going to be a story and characters that we're going to invest in? So I think there's some of the things. Chloe, anything else? What have I forgotten? (laughs) I was going to say, like, we've had some quite good success with having more general meetings with people and I just raised that like in context of Faisal for example I feel like we've got a shared appreciation of tone all across a lot of things and you know if you came in and we had a, a general meeting got to know what you're doing at the moment what you're loving what you you know all that sort of stuff and then from that kind of bonding things seem to come up it might not be immediately but it might be in 12 months time where 
something comes in and we're like, oh, remember when Faisal said he was really into that thing? And it's sort of, I don't know, that that more sort of general pitch, I'm going to call it, um, has been a really great jumping off point for us um, for a couple of things. So I just wanted to add that in because I think, you know, it's not always necessarily about pitching a project. It could be about just talking about, you know, what you're passionate about, what you feel is authentic to you and your voice and your storytelling and us, you know, having that in our bank and being able to match that down the line with other things that come up. Yeah, that's great. That's really can great. I, can I add just one other thing on that? I think that's so important, Chloe, because just so you understand, Faisal, the way that we do work with people, as Chloe said, we are very much a creative-led company and we do really want to find out what that, that voice is and understand our, the creatives we work with so that we can best support the process to bringing it to life. So that kind of early, early stuff is really important because it does influence whatever we may work on in future. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really, that's, I think that's a, that's a strength you guys have. I, yeah, I'm curious to know if other production companies have a similar kind of outlook. Now, when someone approaches you, how important is it for them to be well-versed in the budget and <laughs> and <laughs> with the money that they're talking about? They might have this brilliant idea, but uh, you just see, you know, all these dollar signs of how much it's going to cost. Um, does it matter? Does someone have to have to be across that or is a good idea a good idea? Do you want to go, Chloe? certainly don't have to be across that. The only exception I would say is um, we are a company that champion the showrunner model and the showrunner model is somewhat different from having someone that's just a writer. They're more showrunner is also involved in the executive producing and the financing and the budget management of the series. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming in at that showrunner level and you're planning to run the show, um, which again is a model that we work with most likely um, you do need to be across those elements, but we've certainly worked with people that have stepped into that role for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, we are getting better and better at, you know, teaching that process along the way, as well as making the the production. Um, It can be a a rocky road at times as everyone's sort of learning to, to do new things. But I think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we want to elevate new voices and unique voices. So we sort of adapt our processes depending on who we're partnering with, but also, um, We are also incredibly open about talking about the financing of the show and we're very happy to bring in partners to that process, full disclosure. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't sort of have a closed door policy at Jungle. We're we're about working together in a collaborative way. So um, it's not about hiding lines or information or, you know, profit or whatever. It's more about, you know, setting up the show to succeed, having clear goals, and then working together to raise the finance that's required to realise it. Great, great. Um, you were touching on uh, um, bringing forward like new uh, new voices, new showrunners and stuff. Um, does it matter how much experience the person uh, who's pitching the idea has? Like, are you open to seeing emerging actors and artists? I think so. I mean, I, I absolutely, I think I'm a firm believer that a great idea can come from anyone and anywhere and I think again it's sort of like what's the intention of the person that's coming coming to the table there do they want to direct the show do they want to perform in a role that's in the show and I guess it's you know 
kind of one of those things we've sort of circled around that, you know, we love sort of backing things that feel like it could only really come from that particular person. Like there's something so unique about their perspective of the world and their lived experience or whatever the piece is that makes it feel really like we couldn't have anyone else but them do it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're definitely open to working with people. But as Chloe said, we sort of tailor the process to give the support in the right sort of areas. Like if there's a writer potentially that is pitching us a project that, um, you know, they would be the lead writer of the show on, but they want to step up into that show running model and haven't done it before, we would look at how we support them in doing that process. So I guess it would just depend, as I said, kind of what is the intention of of that creator and how do they want to work within the show, you know, beyond maybe the role of, you know, being an actor in the show, if if that's what their intention is. Mm, Great. Okay, let's just say that you like an idea, a pitch, that you like a pitch, you want to see a bit more of it. Is there a, uh, like a development model at all you, 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 you follow through? Like, are there workshops? Do you, do you put in writer's rooms? And is that just another step where it could still be made or not? Like, is there, is there a next step? Or once, once you kind of like a pitch, you just go, it's all guns are blazing. <laughs> I feel like all my answers are so unhelpful. That's not um, true. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be, but um, I guess it is not a one size fits all. Like sometimes where, you know, we have a project on the slate where it's been pitched to us from a duo, a, a creative duo. Uh, they are writers. Um, they had a pilot script that they pitched with us along with a pitch document And we have worked with them to, you know, take the script to the next level and take the pitch to the next level. We're also looking to package that. So it means we're going to attach a director and attach performers to the role before we take it out to market. But we don't do that process necessarily on um, every project. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, I'm just thinking, we have another project that has a writer that has come to us with a pitch document. Again, we sort of worked with them to get that pitch document ready. And we went out and attached a studio to come on board and help finance the development of the show. But I guess, you know, more broadly across the road of development, you're always, you know, investing your time and investing your money in in developing stories that you believe can be made and will be made. But you know, you talk to anyone about the development process, there's obviously no guarantees. And so you, um, that's sort of what I was saying to you before, Faisal, about, you know, the road of a producer is similar to that of an actor in that, you know, as an actor, you're going out and you're doing auditions and you're putting yourself out there and you're giving all your passion and your heart and soul into everything. And you can't necessarily you don't necessarily know what the outcome is going to be. And sometimes, you know, it's a win and other times it's not. And development can be a bit like that. At You know, you put your heart and soul into it and you believe something can get made and you really believe it's special. And, and you kind of, I guess, as producers, it's our job to keep fighting the fight to, to finance the show and bring the story to life. 
And that's why we only really take on something that we are mad, mad passionate about because as Chloe said, the road can be bumpy. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess in that instance as well, it's important for people to do their homework on um, Jungle's back catalogue just to make sure that uh, the ideas they do pitch to you aren't similar to something you already have. Um, Of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is there an instance where you would dip your toe into things that uh, like, for instance, online content, or is, are you, are you now, um, as you were saying earlier, Chloe, like now you're leaning more into drama and about to go into films and stuff. Would you consider online stuff as well? Uh, it's a good question. And, and I may answer this because um, I've had two short form projects uh, on the slate. Um, one is no longer and one is still on the slate. And um For us, anyway, this last 12 months to two years, um, in our experience, short form has been really difficult to finance. Um, In years gone by, I I feel like it may have been easier. And certainly I have a history of working with um, online content. I think we were one of the first projects to come through Screen Australia's online fund when it was called the Multi-Platform Fund. Um, And I've, I've had quite a few projects go through there so, um, yeah, I feel like in recent times that short, shorter form content for us, again, has been really harder, a lot harder to finance. Um, I know Quibi in the States, for example, launched and didn't really sort of move anywhere. And a lot of the um, US uh, buyers aren't necessarily looking for short form. So there's just limited windows. Um, SBS have had a great run at their short form recently. Most, I think, tailing the tailings was... Um, the most recent that I've seen from from Liz Doran and a Tassie writer, um, but again, we just we just haven't had any success in financing it. So um, our project on our slate at the moment is a short form animation project. Um, hopefully, it will see the light of day. But yeah, at this point, um, again, the buyers just uh, have liked the concept but haven't really found a home for it. So I think for us right now, short form probably isn't isn't a major focus for us. Um, in saying that, we made a short film last year, or the where's the time gone? Two years ago, <laughs> um, with Adele Vuco, and that did the international short film circuit. It was a genre film, um, and then you know we were developing the feature off that short. So it's not impossible, but it's not a major focus. Great, that's really great. We've clicked on to twenty two now, so I might ask you some questions from our lovely listeners. Okay, the first one I can see here on the subject of not accepting unsolicited material, what are the elements that you would say are critical to have in like a pitch? Passion. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you go, Shay. (laughs) I think a really clear story, you know, I guess I'm always looking for a unique character that feels iconic or or it could be iconic, you know, that there's a character at the heart of the show that, is someone we've not seen before. Um, so I sort of talked about the elements of what I sort of feel belong in a, a pitch document um, that I would want to see. But, yeah, I think a, a, a reason for the story to be in the world is is a big one. Passion, as Chloe said, and, yeah, a really clear story. Great. Next question is, as an emerging actor who trains specifically in performance, how do you advise building experience as a showrunner, creator, producer? Make 
things. <laughs> Make as much as you can. Yeah, it's such a great transition of, I, I guess if you should say there are showrunners that are non-writing, but I guess more often than not, the showrunner is also like the lead writer. So I guess for that person in particular, do they have an interest in writing? And if so, I would say, you know, reach out to production companies, put yourself forward as a note taker, which is kind of a first step role in terms of learning um, and being exposed to the script development process. I mean, it's such a, it's the hardest job in the room, I have to say, a note taker. They work their butts off, but it's such a great skill to develop because their job is to distill the story of all that's being talked about in the writer's room from all the writers. So it's a really um, wonderful craft piece to learn. And then, of course, you know, if they kind of want to do, I mean, Phil Lloyd is such a brilliant example of that. He's a beautiful performer and he also writes and develops his own his own shows so he is someone that has that crossover and he has kind of worked in that in that showrunner model but I guess it's it's certainly a marathon I guess it's it's sort of not a um you know no sort of quick pathway to it it, it is about kind of immersing yourself in the holistic process I guess if you're really kind of interested in working in that showrunner model mm. I mean another avenue would be if you're kind of in that emerging space and really wanting to do different facets I, I guess is try and you know work with a producer as an assistant to kind of learn the ropes but, you know, it, it's kind of that process can kind of teach you one way or you might try and, you know, get a job on set as an on-set PA um, or in the art department or whatever it is to kind of take that kind of junior role to kind of build your, build your skills on set, behind the camera, um, on, on scripts. So, I mean, it really depends kind of where the interest of... of um, that creative lies and kind of their pathway you know like all of my questions relatively unhelpful because there's no direct <laughs> pathway it's like how do the how do I make sense of this and try to get to where I'm going to which is sort of why I say it can be a bit of a marathon and a bit upside down and back front but I think if you can immerse yourself in the process and try to do lots of different things particularly early on you'll find that, hey, I'm actually good at this stuff or I like this way better and I'm going to spend my time focusing on that. So, um, you know, I think you start out in the industry thinking you're going to do one thing, you then take different jobs and it kind of leads you down a, a different path sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully that's, um, you know, that surprising element is something that is rewarding, I guess, ultimately in the end. I've got a couple of just a very specific tips to add to that. Um, I think if you are cast in something, 
that is the perfect opportunity to approach the producers and see if there's an attachment position available that you might be able to do um, beyond your role in the show. So let's say you're cast as a character um, and then you might then be able to do an attachment with the art department, for example. So it's a show that you're already on and you already have that relationship with the producer. And um, typically a producer does need to assign attachments as part of their funding. So there are opportunities built into the financing already and you would be a great candidate because you're already connected to the show. That's one idea. I think I saw Monica Kumar pop up um, before she was cast in Wakefield and was also production associate. So we have a recent example. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is Screen Australia do have, um, uh, it's called... Which, what, sorry? Enterprise People, that's it. Oh. Screen Australia has an Enterprise <laughs> People program, uh, which individuals can apply for and attach to companies. It's a paid program. So I would be reaching out to Screen Australia and having conversations with them uh, and have a production company in mind and, and try and piece that together. Um, the other resource that's been incredibly helpful to me um, was actually Screen New South Wales for anyone who's New South Wales based and I'm sure the other states would have the same but Screen New South Wales keep a register of people in New South Wales that are wanting to do attachments mm -hmm. and if they know about you and they know what you're interested when I call up they can say hey here's your list and and then it's sort of I look through that list and match it to a project so I reckon um, reach out to your, your state agencies and um, talk to them about attachments. Yeah, great. Great advice. Um, next question. Where do you guys get your financing from? Do you have a distributor that you'll work with regularly to buy the selling rights to your story early on in the development production process? <laughs> Can you tell me where to find financing from? Yeah, <laughs> no, tell us. Where is the money? <laughs> um, we, Joking. The best, yeah, the best business uh, for us is repeat business. So we love to foster great relationships, to, you know, achieve success and then to work with those same people again. So yes, we do work with the same distributors. Yes, we do work with the same funding agencies. Yes, we do work with the same networks. Again, it's always easier for us to, you know, over deliver, under promise, over deliver, and then come back again. That, that's the dream. Um, but given the current landscape, sort of anything is possible with financing these days. The market is open in both the US and the UK and across Europe for Australian content. Um, we've just seen Squid Game, uh, you know, a, a project. I haven't watched it. It's too violent. So I'm just talking rhetoric here. But, you know, it's an international project that's gone to number one on Netflix. Um, the first time I think a non-English speaking has. Um, so, yeah, the world is really open. And I think the financing structures reflect that um, the other just new bit of sort of context for Australian projects is that more and more the Australian networks are in for license fee only so that means the budget more and more needs to be raised outside of Australia so you can be looking at more than half the budget uh, to be raised outside of Australia which has really changed the nature of the financing um, partnerships and I think to the nature of content you content more so than ever before needs to be able to travel that's not to say that it can't be specifically Australian in fact it should be I think the specificity of Australian stories are as Australian producers are the secret source for those stories to find audiences around the world but below that there needs to be a universal theme or a, a theme that global audiences can understand and relate to so it's sort of a combination of specificity as well as a universal theme and how they work together is the magic. 
Yeah, great. This one's in the Australian industry. How much input does the writer of a show have once it's been picked up and put into production? It it depends on again, sort of with it, it. I that would vary company to company, and it would vary project to project. Mm-hmm. Um, it also depends on. When you have a writer that's writing the pilot or the first episode of the show, often they might also serve as a showrunner across the show or a script producer across the show. So their role is not just about writing that episode, it's about shepherding all of the scripts through, but also shepherding the creative vision of the show and kind of that goes beyond the script department as as Chloe mentioned earlier so if you're writing episode six in season one of a show you might have less involvement than that other writer so it kind of depends on your relationship with the show whether you also created the show um, and I guess the philosophy and culture of, of the company and, and the project in particular. Um, we have talked a lot about shows um, today because Shay being our head of drama, that's her specialty. We, we also make feature films and I will say it's just slightly different in feature film world because often it's a writer-director and um, often they are the heart and centre of everything. Um, the writer doesn't always have to be the director in feature films, so that may be, may be a separated thing, but it is often one in the same person. So in that regard, the writer w- would be directing the film and also, you know, an integral part of the whole process. So I think it's just slightly different to, to in television because you're often working with a team of writers and mm-hmm. the jungle, again, typically under a showrunner model. Um, are there certain story genres that are more enticing than others? And if so, why? For, yeah, just for you guys in particular, I guess. I would say probably not necessarily for jungle, but in the market, everyone always sells crime, sells, crime, sells. So <laughs> I guess um, a crime story <laughs> for television. Um, I think the trick with crime, obviously, given that there has been so many crime stories in Australia and all around the world is what's the unique the the unique piece of this crime series that makes it one that we've not seen before you know there's got to sort of be and as I said like an iconic character at the heart of it or the form of how it's told like I thought I watched Mayor of Easttown earlier this year which I loved And I thought what they did in terms of the form of a crime drama and how they subverted what you might expect from your usual crime drama, so beautifully done. I I thought it was such a great series. And, you know, so I think there's things around that that, you know, is a question of what's the new thing to add to that very well-trodden piece. But I would say with Jungle, I guess, you know, we're very open to different kinds of genres, different stories. I think Mm. it kind of comes back to our unique point of difference within that genre would be how we walk the line with comedy and drama Mm. and bringing that huge amount of heart, but also where does the humour kind of sit alongside that is, I guess, the unique thing for us that we would look inside of any genre that we're kind of exploring. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it there, Shay, because I think some of our favourite projects are mashups. Mm. So, you know, I would call it like a comedic thriller or um, a comedic feature doc. It's not always comedy, but, yeah, again, it's those surprising ways of pulling genres together. Is I, I feel like it's probably a little bit of a speciality of ours. Mm, great. Um, how do you protect your content against plagiarism or, on, or the concept being stolen? For example, an emerging writer without connections has an idea for a series and pitching the idea for the series to producers, et cetera? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I think obviously you should put a copyright at the end um, of your, any kind of documents that you have or on all pages of the documents. Um, I think the other thing you can do is register your concept with the Writers Guild, I believe, but I'm sure you, you might have to be a member to do that. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, I obviously I get pitched lots of ideas all the time. Often I will be pitched an idea that there is crossover with someone else's idea. And that's kind of why, you know, coming back to this idea that we want a story to feel like it couldn't come from anyone else, but that person I think is kind of what's so important in terms of looking at why you want to tell this story and what's the unique piece that you bring to this such that no one else could do it. It mm. has to be you. Mm -hmm. um, so that for me, I guess, is kind of comes into play with that. But as I said, in terms of the legal backup, obviously you need to, to put that copyright on and you can register. Beyond that, um, I mean, I don't know, you could probably speak to a lawyer or the Arts Law Centre to get sort of further advice if you feel that you need more protections than that. Um, but if any actor has an actor's agent, um, I would really, and they're also wanting to write and create shows themselves, I would definitely have a chat with them about what they can do to ensure that it's their concepts are well protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. If someone comes in as a junior producer slash writer, is it a flat fee or a stake in the project? And what about a credit? Is this something that agents negotiate? Yeah, I would say if you're coming in as a junior producer, the deal, it depends kind of how the project um, has come about. Like, is that producer the originator of the concept or are they coming in to produce? And that might kind of, um, that well, that does influence the structure of how a deal um, would be made. I would say that if you're in a position where you are coming on as a producer, it's and you have an agent, it's always valuable to go to them to get advice and see whether they would help you negotiate that contract. Mm -hmm. It might not be something they've done before and you'd have to obviously talk through that process, but they may have done it 10 times over with different people. So they would be well-versed in um, how to best structure a deal that feels, you know, respectful and, um, you know, the right sort of structure for what the contribution has been, uh, but also, uh, you know, negotiating that credit for you, I guess, which is, you know, very important. If you're turning 50 and you're now an emerging filmmaker, what opportunities are available for older creatives? <laughs> 
Uh, that's a really good question because I think we often talk about diversity, but we don't specifically talk about age diversity. And like in terms of the specifics, I think you should just like anyone else go to the screen agencies. Uh, they also don't use or they shouldn't use age as a lens. Um, we in particular uh, have a couple of projects which speak to older female characters, for example. So I don't think, uh, you know, age isn't a problem. It's like it's a selling point. Um, it's your unique point of view. It's where you're telling your story from. So like I wouldn't be shy and holding back and being nervous about age. Uh, and I would just get out there and apply for attachments as a, an emerging filmmaker just as much as anyone else. Yeah, I think it's amazing because they have this experience that can't come from someone else. Like I think that's, as Chloe said, such an asset. Um, and sometimes, you know, I've, I've worked with um, writers that have come into the industry later in their life and I feel like their knowledge of what they've done before really influences their work. So I would look at how those uh how that experience can kind of influence what you want to do or perhaps even the stories you want to tell like if you have had you know if you've been a doctor and you've worked in you know is there anyone producing a medical show where you could get into the room I mean that might be a bad example but what is the unique thing that you're bringing from your other life and how can you use that as a way to pitch yourself to get into the room, a writer's room or, or onto a production as a producer's assistant or as an attachment more broadly. Um, the other thing, I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but, um, and I'm not sure whether they're still doing this, but again, sorry, New South Wales, we are based in New South Wales, so we're quite across what New South Wales have to offer, but um, they were targeting carers' um, attachments. So somebody that potentially might have been out of the industry for 10 years, maybe raising kids, um, focusing on their family, that carer's attachment was about helping people re-enter the workplace after having been a carer for um, someone for some time. So there are sometimes targeted initiatives. So it's worth signing up to the Screen Australia um, newsletter and signing up to your state agency newsletter so that you can stay across any specific announcements that um, might be a calling card for you specifically. And as Shay said as well, I just wouldn't underestimate previous experience outside of the field of filmmaking because so often Shay and I are putting up new writers for things because their field of expertise and I'm just going to pick something randomly, could be a lawyer, could be a gardener, like whatever, but their field of expertise matches the subject matter. So mm -hmm. we're just so willing to take a chance um, because yeah. of that connection and that passion to the, the material at the core. So, yeah, really think about, you know, what it is that you offer and your voice and all that stuff that we've already been talking about. It's great. Chloe, Shay, we've hit one o'clock. Is there any final comments uh, you want to add before we finish up here? Um. I guess the only thing to add is that, you know, I guess everyone, regardless of where they're at in their career, is always on the hustle for championing where they're trying to get to, right? It's either us and we're championing our projects. It could be an emerging emerging writer trying to 
get into a writer's room. It could be that 50 plus actor who wants to direct. I mean, we're all hustling for that next creative adventure that we're, that we're fighting for, I guess. And I think, you know, be polite, be persistent, but be proactive and knock on the doors. I have a huge amount of respect for people that reach out to me and say, hey, I want to do this. And sometimes I can help, sometimes I can't help. But I think, you know, building those connections and staying as proactive as you can is important. I know it's hard because the industry can be brutal and you get a hell of a lot of no's before you might get the one yes. But hopefully you do get that one yes and it's just that little crack that you can kind of get your foot in the door and run in terms of whatever that next um, step is for you. The last thing I'll just finish with, I was given a piece of advice once and it's always stuck with me and that is that nobody's an expert of everything. So, and that's across the board from executives to beginners and just really like look inside yourself and find out for yourself what you're an expert in and talk from that point of view, because it doesn't matter if you're starting out in this industry on day one, or you've been here for 20 years. It's all about, you know, being authentic to yourself, leaning into the skills that you have and having the confidence and speaking from that point of being an expert in what you've got to say about your point of view and your point of difference. So, yeah, just have the confidence and, and be the expert in what you are. Chloe and Shay, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was so nice to chat with you. Thanks for having us and thanks to Equity for hosting. To and thank you to Faisal for doing such a wonderful job uh, hosting and interviewing. And thank you to you all. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so very much. much. Bye. Thank you. Have a great so day. Much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Thanks. Thank you. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors Equity on Facebook and Twitter.